Hello and welcome to the State of Retention Marketing Podcast. This is your host, Ankur. I lead everything growth and marketing for WebEngage. And here is a conversation with a bunch of leaders from the product, marketing, and founder ecosystem to talk about the what, why, and how of retention marketing. We feel there's a lot of room for education in the subject of retention marketing because it's just so new. So we're actually partnering with Economic Times Brand Equity to actually bring retention into a mainstream conversation. I hope you find these conversations insightful. Thank you for the listen. Today is another interesting uh, day for me because we're talking about fashion retail. We're talking about an industry which is the most puzzling because you're trying to always guess what women want. We have a leading fashion brand uh, called W. It's TCNS Clothing as a group. And they have multiple brands. And we have Mansi here who heads digital marketing for the group. And we talk about everything they do on branding as well as user engagement. Thank you for doing this, Mansi. Great to have you Thank here. Thank you so much. And it was really good to have uh, to be here. As you exactly said, right, fashion industry lots of comes with lots of glamour, comes with lots of, uh, uh, you know, when you, are, when you are there, you feel like sort of uh, gramming into each fashion trend, but it's not that easy. And you have to be really mindful, careful and understand the human psyche, especially if you're dealing with a women first brand, it is altogether a different ballgame. I'm sure, you know, but just to get us started, Masi, it would be very interesting to go through your journey a little bit personally. Sure. And how do you end up here? Uh, I think it's a very interesting journey, I must say. Uh, I'm a, a science graduate. Okay, so I was yeah. pursuing my PhD thinking that, you know what, I want to change my world. I want to change the world. I was sort of doing uh, entire research on chemical biology. Uh, and one fine day, sort of, you know, as, as destiny took its turn, right, I was working in an internship with, a, with an agency, Padlin, just to experiment. And that time, I remember in 2013, digital was very new, right? And I, I remember uh, I, my mother used to ask me, hey, what do you do in your internship? I said, I'm Facebook. So that was the whole experience, right? Because everyone was learning digital on hand. Sure. And um, I started my journey with a digital agency and I was working in an agency for almost seven years. Uh, the great part happened in an agency is in 2015, I moved to Middle East. I was in Dubai. I, that was my turning point because that was my first interaction with the fashion brands. Sure. I worked with Landmark Brands, uh, one of the leading uh, sort of super giant in Middle East, right? Yeah. And you have entire uh, of brands, right? From a home center to Max to Emacs, wherever you, whatever you name it, Baby Shop. Sure. So that gave me a different picture altogether, mm. right? The fashion we pursue as a consumer versus a pa fashion that's been sort of sent across by a marketer has an altogether different ball game. Sure. So I was there for almost four or five years in Middle East and the market was very sensitive. Market culture sensitivities were completely different. Mm. So uh, it took me a lot of time to understand that, but that helped me to gain some bit of knowledge, right? Mm. And um, I would say digital per se, maybe in Middle East, not as sort of developed in India, sure. but they have a lot of appetite and mm. it helps really. And of course, money. Of course. So, <laughs> so it helps to sort of experiment with a lot of things, right? Mm. And then when I came back, I, um, I joined Landmark India which is max fashion, sure. value fashion, right? Now, the best thing about value fashion is that you work with Real India, yeah. right? Uh, Bharat, as you, Bharat call, it, right? as you yeah. call it, right? And then you actually start thinking that, you know, the value in fashion matters, not just the new trends, not just the, the of course, the quality is important, but people seeking value, people are taking decisions with a lot of factors together. Let's say a women consumer coming to a max store, if you offer something for a kid, you know, she, the success rate is higher. Sure. If you offer something for her, for her husband, the success rate is higher. It's a family store. It's mm. very important, right? So Max gave me that insight that, you know, uh, if a woman is buying a kurti for her, she will definitely buy some, something for a kid. So the okay. aisle strategy worked for us. You know, mm. we, when you enter, that kid section is right next to you and there are offers going on. So it also helps as a, as a as the main thing about the podcast, retention is very important. Stickiness of any woman is very important based on how not just the value I'm bringing to her, but the value I'm bringing for her family. Hmm. And that's where uh, Max sort of sits in the in the bracket. And after Max, I think uh, uh, I was more towards understanding the ethnic wear sector because in Indian market, ethnic wear takes around 63% of the share, right? Okay. And and that's that's a huge number. We still think that Western wear is leading, but it's not. Because there are so many new trends happening in the ethnic wear. You have you have Insta saris where you wear a sari in two minutes. You have fusion wear, right? 
So, um, and now nowadays, even in your office, I'm sure mm. that people are wearing a kurtis with a, with a denim, right? Sure. So, so ethnic wear is not going anywhere. And that's what I decided to explore this mm. side. And I joined W, one of the leading ethnic wear brands, right? I mean, uh, everyone has seen it. Everyone has, and I can bet on this. Every single woman has one W I'm sure. in her wardrobe. That's, that's the penetration of the brand. Uh, simultaneously, we also launched a brand called Aurelia, which is more of an aspirational brand. Mm. W is more of a settled brand for a, for a, a, a woman who's, uh, you know, who's confident, who knows what she wants, opinionated, with a decent earnings and all of that. But Aurelia girl is very bubbly, you know, she's college going and she has a little bit of money, but wants to be, uh, wants to be maybe a, a glamour quotient is much, much higher. Sure. Right. And that's where we sort of have Alia part is on brand page because that's I'm who is an aspiration, right? Um, and then we recently launched a baby brand for us, as we call it, Eleven. Mm-hmm. Now another untouched, untouched vertical in fashion is bottom wear. Okay, You're right? Bottom wear is is a sector where uh, no one would have thought. You know, it's so important. It's so much, uh, so much. You know, there is a dearth of bottom wear in in a, for women, mm-hmm. right? And when we actually understood the sentiment. Uh, I'll give a small example, right? Uh, there are a lot of women who who buy kurtis and they don't know what to do with them because, you know, you don't have a perfect bottom wear. Now, with the changing trend, people, I mean, women go and buy bottom wear first and right. like, let me buy something matching to that. So, that's a good trend. And I think mm-hmm. uh, we sort of catered each and every segment of women, starting from ethnic wear to her bottom wear to her everyday wear. Um, and we feel that uh, women are uh, still a decision maker uh, in a lot of factors, right? And fashion, you cannot take away from any women. So, great to be in this industry, uh, ever evolving, I think. Um, but it's quite challenging, I must say that. Of course it is. You know, you couldn't take uh, women away from fashion, but you could also take the experiential side of things away from fashion purchases. Right. And I know you mentioned the COVID period did make a massive transformation in terms of how the share of revenue that came from online began. Uh, help us understand this, you know, what changed from that lens that people were more open to buying online and now that trend has not gone back. While well, of course the stores have opened, but there's still mm-hmm. some people who will continue to buy online. And from that lens, when you look at digital marketing as a subject or, you know, everything you do with acquisition as well as retention, mm-hmm. how does the lens look for driving offline business and online business both? And how does this interplay work? Right. So I think uh, COVID was a, was a, a altogether complete learning game for each marketer, I must say, right? Because no one would have expected the, the shift in uh, everyone's uh, shopping behavior, right? I mean, people still prefer, I mean, if you given an option, people still prefer working from home, right? And that's that's how comfortable we are at home. So why not fashion, right? And uh, I mean, we always, as, as a marketer, I believe we should think as a consumer first, right? I mean, given a choice, I prefer online buying, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for multiple reasons. But that doesn't take away the uh, the share of, uh, uh, share of uh, you know, likability towards the offline market. Uh, no, the the overall sort of uh, uh, mix that we have to bring here is how to b- make the synergy working, right? Now, omni marketing is a very overused term. Frankly, my opinion is no one would have understood it like un- like to the T. But but what it means is that if a consumer is coming online, that person, if they, uh, especially if it's a return user, that person is loyal towards your brand. Mm then it is easier for him or her to be present at the offline market. But the acquisition part, it's much, much tougher for the offline market now, right? Because okay. people are constantly present on Instagram. People are constantly present on um, YouTube. They're constantly present on different OTTs. So the discovery is much, much easier with digital. So okay. how the transition, now um, earlier we used to have, a, I mean, any market will have the you know upper, middle and lower funnel, right? The kind of spends, to, from offline to online have changed drastically, sure. right? Uh, the the kind of spends we used to do towards the hoarding or the you know or the TVs of the world and or the you know transits airports compared to that now the spends that we are doing to digital it's much much higher. Mm-hmm. The job reason is a discovery. To sure. answer your question, I think the both these things are important for us. Mm-hmm. But I think the digital becomes the primary channel for us to get the discovery. It's the new customer acquisitions. And this is at all the levels of the funnel. All the levels of the funnel, right? Uh, I mean, you have to be 
constantly bombarding not bombarding but yeah in a way being yes. there yeah being there and you have to constantly tell them hey you are here we are here be noticed right be noticed uh, be constantly tell them that there are some offers going on there are some you know value adds for you there's a new, new collection and that will not happen without a online present now our client plays as a more of a recall it was mm. other way around if you remember before covid mm. right it was always you know used to get sms saying that hey you know you know you've seen it but it's not that now you see something online you discovered in the holding saying that acha there is some connection right so uh, overall change has happened in that lens second lens is i think uh, people have uh, you know been uh, pampered by choice especially retail right with a new dtc trends coming every day it becomes very difficult for us to have the stickiness sure uh, in that sense i think uh, online becomes uh, the entire only becomes very important for mm. us right so it, let's say if i go to the store and i don't find something i should have a mechanism to tell them you know it's available online and it's sure. delivered yeah other way around if it's not available online we'll tell you hey it's available at the nearest stores just walk in we'll deliver outside you know that's that so we have a deliver from the store as well yeah, yeah. it's a matter of text right, text so that we don't lose a consumer at any cost mm. and i think that the only experience really helps uh the offline channels are still important for us because a lot of women especially ethnic where if you consider right the fit is very important of course the the choice of because you're spending value right i mean you're spending sort of some sort of money there and mm-hmm. you want to make sure that it looks good on the color looks good on the fabric is nice we have uh, another brand called wishful which i forgot mentioning it's a it's a premium well brand right and where the your average price starts from a 10000 and plus right if that's an investment for a lot of people in that sense you want to wear it you want to see it There are a lot of designer collections which are there. Sure, that you will never have it online. Mm. So that is something. Right, won't have won't most of these uh, active online shoppers being spoiled by a bunch of online international brands, which will let you order ten things. You'll try everything at the ease of your Correct. home, experience them as much as you want to, and you'll probably return eight out of the ten things, and that's fine. Is that something as a pattern that, you say? That's very subjective, to be honest. Yeah. And we also did a lot of um, as as a brand. We always keep on doing some uh, case studies. We also keep doing on surveys to understand the behavior pattern, right? Now the challenge with online is a lot of people don't have a quick trust, sure, right, on the brand, especially for brand you have purchased offline. Mm. It's easy to get the trust. Okay, right? that's one. Secondly, a uh, lot of women, especially, and we cater uh, women also from the age of uh, let's say forty to forty five. right or for it to 50 uh those women are not comfortable hey yaar main khareedungi wapas mujhe return karne mein padega who will go It'll through all this today can sure. cycle rather i'll go to the store <laughs> purchase what i want and come back where one day thing i just is the the gross deal for me. uh i think millennials and gen z are still towards going towards the on and more than millennials and gen z millennials are somewhere in between but um there are a lot of people still prefer offline for the same reason they don't want any hassle they hmm. want hassle free sort of shopping Also, shopping in India is also an experience, right? Of course. I mean, plan a weekend with your family, saying that yeah, mall shopping, movie taking, or shopping, right? You know why not? And if you know that hey, these are two brands I'm aware of, I want to purchase. I mean, there are lesser chances of doing window shopping, right? You mm-hmm. go there, purchase, and leave. So in that sense, uh, experience of family living together is created with the with the offline shopping, which you cannot. It's a online shopping is very personalized in a very you know your space environment mm-hmm. sort of setup. Where offline you get to spend time with your kids, with your family, do shopping, spend your weekend, come back. Sure, that's how it is. Yeah, so I would imagine uh, there'll be a degree of overlap between there'll be some pure online, some pure offline, a large number of in over you know overlapping folks which we're yeah. doing a little bit here, a little bit there. Sure. As well. You know, so just to take that, the whole we gravitated towards the idea on segments. You spoke uh-huh. about women between forty to forty-five, and then there is Gen Z. Correct. Uh, as a marketer, how do you break your audience down? Level one, level two, level three is age bracket, demographics, tier one, tier two cities, economic brackets. You already have multiple brands within your portfolio, but let's just zoom into one brand for a moment because obviously each brand has its own set of personas. So for one brand, let's say W, what what would be your lens of breaking audience down? Oh, it has to be a mix of all. It cannot be one. Um, of course, uh, let's say in the case of W, is more more of a tier one or a metro city brand. Sure. uh because few of the of the collection that we have is more towards future uh more appreciated by metro women um uh, in terms of age uh with w we do not um experiment lot with the uh uh with the current trends we sort of stay 
for some time, right? And that's being appreciated by women, you know. Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, if you go to your wife and you ask me, hey, you know, if this is a W kurta, she will be able to recognize. Sure. That's because this is sort of a, a, a visual, uh, you know, brand recognition we have mm. created with the brand. And that can only happen if you stay for long, right? We are not a fast fashion brand. Um, so in that sense, uh, women who basically are uh, more towards uh, in the age of 25 to 45, the metro one is what we consider. Now then are further, this is like a primary segment. Sure. Then you don't to get to that further. we have to put a wording in the city. This is probably enough definition to say, okay, I'm going to do my messaging like that. Correct. But in the digital world, you can do a lot more. Correct. So what are those lenses? Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, in digital world, I mean, uh, the best part of the digital world is the A-B testing, right? You sure. do something, you fail, you change, you optimize, mm. right? Uh, so we have, uh, we can uh, do the, um, I mean, the lens can be a little broader there. What we first start with, you know, have launching entire collection, right? Sure. And then uh, city-wise, we sort of understand the data. Mm. Um, I'll tell you a very, uh, you know, uh, an example that we actually sort of understood from the data is that uh, a North Indian women versus South Indian women and how they prefer different styles, right? Sure. Uh, North Indian women prefer a shorter length versus a, and a longer deep neck. Mm. While South Indian women prefer a longer sleeves and a shorts. Sure sort of yeah, thing and yeah. then we sort of segment those garments also in those markets mm. right we go further we sort of also have collection which is like effortless where you don't have to think much mm. they are good for your office wear they're good for your you know evening wear they're good to wear for any some small pujas and all of mm. that mm. so then we have a very uh niche sort of a categories for them for the lawyer consumers where we know that these are people looking for those sort of collections and then we have this entire experimental range, right? And which we target towards more of our millennials or towards generally. And then we use it, let's say, Snapchat or mm. Insta filters to make sure that those audiences get captured. So I think a filter also starts from the product level, sure. not just the age or a metro level. Um, we By now, we are 22 years old brand, right? So by now, we understood enough. How, enough how the cities function, how the region functions. and you know, What's the blend between data and intuition here? Because I'm sure there is a lot on both sides coming together, right? Very interesting question. Uh, uh, I would say a blend would be 60-40 uh, um, uh, because to be really honest, and I would say 60 is intuition. Sure. Right? And uh, women are very unpredictable. Right? <laughs> I mean, the women not agree to that, right? Sure. And that is, uh, I mean, some of the collections we think that, oh my God, this is going to be a major hit. And mm. it fails. It miserably fails, right? And you have to then analyze what went wrong, right? Mm. I mean, I'll give an example that one of the interesting things we did in our office is that we just asked women that, you tell us one year back, what were, what was like the wardrobe used to look like and what it looks like now. Sure. And very interestingly, a lot of women said, uh, in, in 2018 or 19, I had a lot of bright colors, yellow, blues. Now I moved toward pastels. Okay. No one, no one could see it happening. But mm. we could see it happening that a lot of new shades are coming to picture. A lot sure. of people are getting exposed to the Western market. Yeah. Those sort of shade cards are coming in India, right? Yeah. I mean, you see Alia Bhatt wearing a nude lipstick and then it suddenly becomes a trend, right? Sure. Reason being people are going towards more minimalistic. Mm. And we could see that coming. So... That minimalistic approach, then we started getting into our designs, right? So, uh, but if a data says, if if I just go by data, data says that your people prefer a bright uh, garments with the bold designs, with a lot of, you know, ornaments and all of that. So, I don't know, mix of both. Uh, but I say with fashion, a lot of research, more than intuition, I think research um, and keeping the trends on Western markets. It's very important for us, even for the ethnic wear. So, Western trends for the ethnic wear, that's an interesting blend. Yeah. So, you know, this is, again, zooming into this whole data-driven decision-making approach to it. And of course, there's going to be a layer of intuition. The reason I ask this segment question is because uh, Digital World allows you the opportunity to communicate with a Aurelia candidate or maybe just a younger college student kind of candidate very differently from how you'd communicate to a 45-year-old, yeah. probably a working person. Yeah. So, from that lens as a marketer, mm -hmm. when you start to sit down, okay, okay, this is how I'm going to allocate my spends, my budgets, perhaps my forecasted revenues and some of those components how do you break this down because you know it's a large world out there right. and you're not putting a hoarding in a city you can mm -hmm. do a very different ad to this person versus to this person how does that work uh so for us i think uh we primarily know the kind of uh the kind of mix that we have in audience for w right uh, there is a basic understanding of the tg right mm -hmm. 
uh, of course, there is an overlap of the TG. I think the communication differs in the line of uh, the price point. Let's say for Aurelia, uh, the whole purpose of launching Aurelia is uh, making it affordable or sure. making it sort of easy access to, to women, right? Mm. And that's where a conversation on price points gets important with Aurelia, right? Uh, that's one part. Secondly, uh, it was our conscious choice to launch a brand face for Aurelia versus a W, right? Because for two reasons. One is the personality of brand um, is talking to the younger generation. Mm. If you're talking to the younger generation, the brand face resonance should be there. And that's where a brand ambassador it was required, pretty much sure. required, right? But W itself had a good awareness about the brand mm. and the establishment is there. Third thing is how we talk to them is also differs. When I say talk to them, right? Uh, right from the messaging, right from the communication, uh, right from the timings, right? I mean, we have done a micro-analysis to an, to an extent that we know that Aurelia's audience is actually to what timing versus a W audience, right? Sure. Um, and also to to the channel that we use, of course, right? Mm. Uh, w is more towards Facebook. Uh, sorry, uh, Aurelia is more towards Facebook. I will tell you why, because we have a lot of tier two uh, mm. audience there, right? And then uh, for W, we have uh, more to move towards more uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn, uh, we approach a lot of HRs, right? Because, okay. uh, you know, we have also this entire gifting exercises were happening and sure. then corporates come and tell us, mm. you know, the mm. Diwali sort of thing is happening and we want to collaborate with them. That's, that's a W audience for us, right? So uh, for us, it's not just a communication uh, to separate the overlap. I think it's the channels. Sure. It's the timing. It's the connection that we talk about. And it's the strategy of the way brand is perceived, right? I mean, we never thought launching a celebrity for W, right? And by already we always had this vision for Ale, we had Disha. So that's how we thought that that would be how we want to perceive with the brand. Fair enough. You know, what's the nature of customer data that you would have available for, let's say, a W customer? Do you ask for demographics or is this purely their transaction information and Maybe the contact details. Uh, so uh, it's very difficult to get all the data from your consumer. Right? The more you ask, more they, they, they walk away. Uh, you have to smartly get the data. Uh, your play, you get the transaction value and the number. Uh, you do not get the demographic. Uh, you do not understand uh, their age, uh, their marital status nothing right then you have to pay smart because uh you also have to retain them in a in a, in a smarter way that only data can help let's say tomorrow i want to launch a loyalty program right and i i don't know anything about their age or their marital status i will not able to sort of create any communication so then you have to do smartly right maybe and that's where whatsapp comes at i think whatsapp has been a very <clears throat> interesting to for us mm -hmm. because um, if you see WhatsApp is never transactional, right? WhatsApp is more towards getting to know your consumer better, right? So we sort of have a lot of conversations happening on WhatsApp. Uh, we sort of get a lot of interaction going, right? And sure. that's where you start capturing data. So okay. you capture, uh, you know, let's say, for example, if I tell you, you know what, um, there is Raksham Kapka and we have a perfect recommendation for your sister. And you know what, just play this game and maybe that becomes hers and you want to play the thing. And then you start the journey with us. I'll start getting the data collected, right? So uh, for now, we are just playing with the phone numbers. But mm. overall, our vision as a, as a company is to get more insight without making consumer or customer uncomfortable. We can't sort of enter in the privacy section, Plus. right? We have to be very careful. We should be very cautious. Otherwise, uh, it takes a minute for your consumer to become your ex-consumer. So sure. you have to be real. The other challenge with loyalty, well, I mean, just to sort of take the discussion forward mm -hmm. is, uh, you know, a lot of brands are there out of loyalty, but you will see only few being successful. Sure. Right? Uh, because uh, the pure reason is you don't see a value in loyalty. Sometimes you say, Are itne se points uh, we have started a lot of brands, right? International and brands. Uh, some of them are, I, I mean, they have a mind-blowing strategy with the loyalty programs. Uh, one of the interesting brands I came across is not related exactly to our field, but uh, Royal Enfield, right? Ari. Uh, they have a wonderful loyalty program, right? And okay. I'll tell you why, okay? Uh, they will not tell you, and they, they have a paid loyalty program. So they may you make you pay for the loyalty program, which is very rare. But the kind of... Uh, kind of uh, uh, the benefits that you get you know you have, if you have a bike you know you're going to need an accessory you're going to need the upgrades you know going to need the club memberships and all those things 
so they will make your experience work mm. they will not tell you hey come buy with me again they will tell you hey you purchased a buy now we'll tell you how to make sure you enjoy sure right same with nike i think nike has brilliant loyalty programs uh they will not just tell you to buy they will tell you how to be fit you know they launch the fitness programs sure they'll collaborate with fitness influencers they will tell you you know what if you buy this yours this would be your pointers and it becomes important for you to reach a certain level i am i have a lot of friends who says that they are like the silver medal yeah i mean that's the loyalty for you right sure. when you sort of start your loyalty becomes a you know a primary pro yeah exactly so i mean somewhere both uh, the examples you gave seem to be slightly higher involvement categories and mm-hmm. I, i don't know uh, i if you're able to see your category in the same light of the level of attention that somebody would give to the choice of uh, you know clothing in some sense and within that lens of loyalty uh, whether it's about having points or a community effort or any other kind of incentivization to stay to your brand have you considered any of these approaches have you seen anything work for you yes we have i think uh, one of the things we miss is we always, always think that incentivization of the consumer is is the key in my opinion it's no right sure. uh, i i think uh, the when do you consider a consumers uh, or any loyalty program is working and when a consumer is the success rate when i say success rate the experience of the consumer is fulfilling sure right i'll tell you an example of ikea right now ikea will give you some pieces of furniture right but it is not a furniture you have to make it a furniture so then they will tell you how to create those blocks into a furniture and they have this entire loyalty program which sort of helps you actually build in with the experiential website create this into mm-hmm. a furniture what it means is that your consumer will not be happy understand until he sees the success at the end now when comes to coming to my industry right i know for a fact that a woman is going to to purchase xyz but she's thoroughly confused right sure. you know what to do with that because mm-hmm. most of the women don't know how to sort of create the entire look but if i create something from the shop the look you know what you become the prop the part of my loyalty program and i'll help you to create the entire look sure. right i'll i'll consult you right there are a lot of women let's say you have a first interview you are going and meeting your uh, you know group's family for the first time right and there are a lot of occasions women say very 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 tense very high performance pressure sort of thing and where you need a consultant especially when it comes to fashion right and that's where we come into the picture we say that you become a loyalty consumer and we tell you for your perfect day could be your wedding could be your interview could be your promotions could be anything could be you know you going traveling across we make sure that every occasion which is special to you we have a perfect fashion week is this a stylist driven approach or more like i don't know it's how does it work both. it's 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 a mix of tech driven data driven and stylish you know okay. uh we create certain looks based on the past purchases mm. we know that you know a, a consumer is let's say if she's a returning user it's easier of course uh, we create a looks and we suggest her through maybe an email or or and this is going in the domain of your web okay. uh, kind of play right because okay. that's kind of where you have the largest okay. opportunity okay. Okay. so how large is your own website for you let's just talk about w maybe in uh, terms of the percentage contribution to revenue <clears throat> i think we are uh, before covid we were around 15% stream the contribution coming from the website mm-hmm. it's slowly turning to 25 30 uh lots of efforts have gone in it a uh, lot of inventory and logistics changes we made uh which is very much important i think a lot of experiential changes we made in the website uh website getting personalized is something mm. that is a very well working for us sure uh i'll give an example let's say <clears throat> if i know that what sort of categories i've searched before and when you enter on the website i will show those categories of course on the row mm. it sort of helps me right yeah. uh secondly i know that you know i lost a consumer to a particular product mm. right so <clears throat> i will sort of play with the product in such a way that i'll show more variety i show matching garments i show the look so that way i am kind of creating uh, i'm making sure that consumer doesn't have to take a lot of efforts mm. uh he or she can make the decision quicker uh i think that's the personalization coming to the personalization part of the personalization of the website is what we are working on sure. it's really helping us out um we are also launching ourselves we are already present in international market right so we are present in uh, nine markets including usa canada australia right i mean indians everywhere So I do not tap on them, right? Yeah. And uh, to our surprise, our international market working really well. 
uh, especially in the festivity zone, right? Mm. Where I think they celebrate festivals more enough. So, right, they need mm-hmm. they need to have Indian clothes, which we don't get easy, right? So that's yeah. where we come in a picture, we deliver it on time, we have logist- sorted out the logistics. So, I think international expansion is something that's really working for us. So Interesting. You know, I'm going to double-click on this whole web-led uh, play for now, simply because that becomes very straightforward to understand the play with data. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might be collecting pretty much every click stream, what sizes I chose, what categories I spent yeah. time on, what color schemes I was preferring. Okay. And that can suddenly translate into a lot of... Uh, very data-driven personalized communication and engagements uh, subsequently. Mm-hmm. So from that lens, what are the current top things you're doing? You mentioned about web personalization, mm-hmm. but would this also translate into a lot of downstream communication? You talked about what I browsed, but you'll also have a lot of transaction history, Kidding. price points, colors, this and that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more about how, what all do you capture and how does that manifest into engagement subsequently? Right. Uh, so uh, one of the major uh, KPIs that we had uh, in last two years, uh, major the last one year is to increase the retention rate and the stickiness, right? Because uh, the efforts we put from a new consumer versus the retain, returning users is huge difference, right? And uh, especially in the fashion industry, uh, 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 you will not make a decision first go, right? So mm-hmm. you have to put a lot of efforts to convert the consumer into a final consumer compared to, let's say, electronics, where you know that you want to buy an X number of X phone or whatever. Right. Um, in that sense, we started capturing more data pointers. Uh, when I say data pointers, we started measuring the number of clicks that a person is doing to towards finally making the journey. We started measuring first click attribution, last click attribution. Um, we started sort of measuring the data channel by channel. Right. Uh, our first strategy was to sort of spend, I will not call it mindlessly, but to sort of go with a large number of spends on the upper funnel. Right. Uh, we changed the strategy. We made sure that upper funnel, it's okay if I don't have a reach, right? Mm. But I have to make sure the middle funnel and final conversion, it, it, it's greater. So I think uh, we work a lot on add to cart per se, right? Because sure. that's very important metrics for mm. me to making sure that people are at least putting the products in add to cart and I'll also get to know more data points from them, right? And then the final conversion, when it comes to final conversion, we started uh, capturing uh, you know, uh, uh, we started bucketing the consumers into uh, AOVs, what sort of AOVs uh, they prefer. Uh, we also started measuring the cross-brand category uh, mix that we have. So we also have W Beauty, which is a, a, like a cosmetic category that we have. We have a lot of makeup and beauty products. We have footwear. So we also... Always in W. Within W. Mm. So it will sit in W website itself. Uh, so we also sort of measured and started measuring that how many people from a W apparel now shifting towards a beauty or towards a, a cross I put this inside you predominantly acquire by one category is that how we would then cross the limit to other categories or that is this also is, sort of distributed acquisition uh, see I, I'll tell you honestly uh, the awareness for the other two categories is not as high as apparel right it's also relatively recent maybe or is it uh, been around uh, footwear being there mm-hmm. for a while uh, but beauty is launched, I think, in 18, so okay. 18, 19, so sure. quite new. But uh, what are sort of experiences? Of course, apparel it becomes a first sort of and choice, and then you convert, then mm. saying that you know what, increase your AOV by also having beauty product or whatever. Sure. We started doing sampling exercises, mm. right? Whenever mm. we used to send them the apparel, just to include a beauty and say that they will use it. So sampling used to work, especially in case of beauty. Uh, I think marketplace has also played an important role for all these. Newer categories. I was going to ask you that if 30%, 25% is website and there is more contribution to the marketplaces as well. Yeah. What does digital as an overall play now look like? Is it crossing 50% for you? Yeah. Wow. Well, okay. That's quite substantial for a fashion it brand. It is. But of course, marketplaces have their own. I mean, of course, they have yeah, their own. Yeah, but of structure. course, yes, it is. It is. I mean, also, marketplaces, we, we have now multiple players, right? I mean, Nike Fashion is shaping sure. up and all those play, players are shaping up. So, uh, uh, it, it's an interesting game. Uh, it is interesting to watch. Now, good part about marketplaces, thankfully, they are a little bit ready to share the data. I mean, they Not are... Not at the customer level, but at the... Yes, levels. I mean, they, they, they are okay with their uh, DSPs and okay mm. with some sort of uh, running my ads on their database. I mean, of course, they want to sure. have more customers on their yeah, place, yeah. but at least makes more collaborative rather than I would, it was more of a, you know, a, a blind game for us. It's still well, better. Choice of fraud cash loss that would go to each marketplace. Mm-hmm. What is the kind of science that you apply or is is this like the whole portfolio everywhere? I'm assuming not. No. 
it is not. Uh, it, it, and a lot of insights that way comes from the marketplace. Mm. Thing. So Amazon fashion per se, uh, I think uh, the choice of garment that we send, right? It's very effortless, very, as I said, effortless is one of the categories, just to tell you, it's basically mm. the normal kurtis, you know, a basic nice kurti, white kurtis. White is trending amazing in Amazon. You will not sure. believe it in summers or that was our hit product line. Well, in Mitra, uh, you have to uh, be be very competitive because all your competitors are present there. They are fitting high. They are constantly changing their uh, inventory. So in with uh, Mitra, with the inventory refreshment is much much sure. uh, you know uh, uh, frequent compared mm. to Amazon. Um, also with Mitra, they offer a lot of other properties which are quite expensive but are are uh, like a checklist important for a, for a fashion brand yeah you have to be present on their certain banners on their uh app of you know abcs you have to present on their uh, footers and you have to constantly be present because your competitors otherwise will take your share um i think one of our competitors i'll not name it but one of our competitors uh, did a fabulous job on sure brand. we internally did a study of the brand mm. and they <clears throat> just spent of uh, you know there's 60-70% of the money on marketplaces. Okay. And uh, very interesting, uh, uh, I'm just putting the numbers that they had a sort of a traffic of 1 lakh which went up to uh, 5 lakhs. On the marketplaces? From the marketplace, from their own website. So you're saying that uh, they did a great job in the marketplaces and sells here. But is that something you think is a fair choice to make? For a newer brand, yes. For For, uh, uh, life cycle. For a mature brand? Mature brand, no. Mature brand, mm-hmm. I think, but mature brand, I think uh, the right strategy for is that spend wisely, mm-hmm. spend at the right time. Okay, sure. uh, they they have a lot of events happening, right? Mm-hmm. But you cannot be present always there, right? You have to make a right choice, and that's why you have to ask the right question to marketplace folks, right? Like you're right time, right choice, right timing. But that's how do you break the how do you break uh, the right? Based on so me being present on marketplaces for past three four years, right? Sure, and we have enough data, and I think. We have enough data at the right time. We started doing it during the COVID time where marketplaces mm-hmm. had the most, I think, like a golden era for them, right? So, they, we know, we understand that, let's say, for example, festivities, uh, I'll give an example, uh, mm-hmm. Pujo market really works well, well Cal- on Mintra, right? Pujo market is the Calcutta market, 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 right? market yeah. works really well on Mintra. And then we have a little more, much more uh, deeper details, like what sort of garments are preferred in mm-hmm. those markets. So we change our inventories like that. Uh, in other cases, when it uh, there are the sales, the, the the major sales that happen on marketplaces, uh, the chances of getting the the share of voice is much much lesser because other brands are also competing, and you have to choose certain days. You know, you have yeah. to be present in certain days. You have to choose the right time in terms of understanding. You know, I'm a consumer. As I said, that let's say if it is W women, I we know that they are from our data, from our website data, we know that she's a more preferred in the evening or towards the evening she's more active mm. right because she's after the work she's more active towards the shopping game then I have to match my timings match my position match the product um, when it comes to Nika I think uh, they're also experimenting and we are so they're also figuring it out but they're going mm. good our contribution with Nika fashion is also increasing as day goes of course Mintra is leading but uh, as I said marketplaces as they started sharing more and more insights mm. It has become a, a better scenario for brands. And you uh, said that uh, for a mature brand, it might not make sense to only look at discovery via marketplaces and a larger chunk yeah. coming from here. So you would expect marketplaces to continue contributing a substantial chunk of revenue. At the same time, you would want to make sure you're investing in building your own platform Correct. in a way that people tend to gravitate towards this. Correct. So from a differential experience, this whole style advisory, mm-hmm. the personalized combinations mm-hmm. and the bundles and all of that would be a part of your own website experience, which cannot be matched in the marketplace, I can imagine. So from that lens now, if it's just zooming into your own website experience, people who've come in, people who've made their first transaction, firstly, does your website system know what am I buying offline? If it's the same Uh, phone number? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Something on your radar? Of course. I would imagine. So then uh, in terms of now getting into the subsequent engagements, they have a bunch of channels to deal with. It's a visual category. So there's yeah. a lot of catalog-based information that could yeah. also get involved. Yeah. And there is, let's say, some sort of a intuitive repeat pattern that, okay, somebody's yeah. bought this, will buy this okay. next. And there is a in interval, right, in which you're expected to buy again. 
but I've somehow been surprised by data when I used to work in a fashion e-commerce play mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. So what have been your insights around uh, the whole repeat behavior, re-engagement behavior with the website first customers, people who are on your platform? Uh, to be really, really honest, I think it's we are, we are in a very, <clears throat> in a, you know, in a growth phase, I would say. Sure. We are still understanding, because I'll tell you, as I said, right, we are, we started working on a website post-COVID, mm. so... Mm. But what we have understood, interestingly, is um, the return user percentage is increasing as sure. we speak. That means uh, either what we are doing is working, A, our products are working, B, or there's a certain brand loyalty, which is still being there, right? Now, what we have done is, uh, we usually sort of have this uh, entire <clears throat> six-monthly or monthly meetings, not just understanding the data, understanding what were the product uh, preferences, right? We constantly... Mm. Also uh, maintain it through through our AIs and through our uh, uh, business uh, business intelligence, right? To understand. Now, what we have seen is uh, there are certain uh, value proposition works really well in in our own website, right? So uh, uh, maybe in in offline market, maybe you're. I mean, that's very surprising fact. Actually, you're ready to spend more uh, than compared to online because maybe you're, you know, you are DNA or you've been. Uh, in that way that is it a very simple market. average order values this way versus that your average selling prices this way versus that way are different and this Correct. is your Correct. conclusion from there Correct. so uh, our overall uh, you know AOV on online is lesser than the offline sure I think that's so as I said that is we have trained in a way that you know online so and you, you are so I mean, I, mean I have done it right I, I'll go and check like... the same product on Mintran check where there was a price there I'll check the product on uh, you know Ajo. so you you know uh, as a consumer, you have a lot of time when you're sitting online. But do a research. As a brand, you'll always have the best price on your website over this being. Yes, but as a consumer, you do that, right? Sure. So, uh, and when you again go to marketplace, it's very difficult for you to bring you back <laughs> on the <laughs> website. So, yeah. uh, it's like, a, it's like a, you know, altogether <laughs> different Maya Jal when you go to marketplaces. You have I'm to, sure. You know. So, coming back to the AOV prices, I think you're trained in such a way. Secondly, uh, one of the interesting facts on online is you. Uh, you sort of buy new styles compared mm. to offline. Okay. Uh, okay. That's an interesting fact, right? Because maybe if you don't like it, you return. Could be that uh, uh, hypothesis. I'm totally sort of working towards hypothesis right mm. now because we're still in a way of figuring phase. it out. out. Yeah. Um, also, uh, so the sort of, um, uh, you know, uh, the garment choices, as I said, is, is, is towards more towards the effortless that we have because when you're on your website, you know what you exactly want because you've been a return user. You know that these are the styles fit me well for, from W. Yeah. So you usually go from there and buy and keep up, check out, right? Wait, it's from a sorry, just to you know, budge in a little bit sure. over here. Uh, from a behavior lens, there is always a certain level of browsing and then yeah. transacting, right? Yeah. Because people want to keep in touch with the latest that's coming. Sure. So from a release of new styles online, is this something you also do on your own platform? And is this something that people would get to know because you're going to send them alerts that there's new rival, this new rival, whatever? We have a lot of capsule collections, yeah. which is online exclusive. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> we constantly change the uh, that that those trends. We have something have called W Stories, which is a capsule collection. Giving an example, if in last uh, wedding, um, your entire velvet was trending really well, right? And <clears throat> that was a trend coming to the intuition part, which you asked, right? Uh, the intuition part that you spoke about, I think uh, that was the intuition that, you know, makmal or the malmal, which is which is the trend maybe four years back or five years back, velvet was going to come back. That was sure. more of an intuition, right? And then it did happen. And we launched a very small collection because, of course, the team were not confident, you know. I mean, uh, just to tell you the insights that having a pure um, velvet collection, velvet itself is a very expensive fabric. I'm sure. Right? So to explain, to sort of invest in such fabric in a larger scale, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. And especially when retail business itself is sort of going through a lot of ups and downs post-COVID, right? So we have to spend wisely. In that sense, we launched this capsule collection called uh, Makhmal only online, right? Mm-hmm. And it has got us a really good response. I mean, to an extent that we so launched it's, it uh, it's a lot of fun to look at data and then say, okay, okay I have a million odd consumers online. Yeah. This set of people are behaving in this fashion. This is behaving yeah. in this fashion. This is behaving in this fashion. And if I were to just try something out with one cohort and then see if it's working out, those things become so much easier with Correct. just purely Absolutely. online plays. It's like a sample testing, right? Absolutely. 
So from that lens, if you were to look at the key goals and the key KPIs you set for your online play, now of course there's this AOV booster as a possible play. There's this cross-category sales mm-hmm. which could be another play. They could be repeat within the same product subcategory. If it's kurtis, and can I send you five more kurtis? Okay. If you bought a kurti, can I sell you a button? So what are the top few KPIs that you would orchestrate on your online business? I think uh, I, as I said that increasing the percentage of return users okay. is something is extremely important so for us. So first to second order, second and third order, is that a lens you break with do or everybody repeaters like good enough? Uh, no, I think uh, uh, first to second is very important for us. Sure. Um, and this is again, well, I'm, I'm quoting for it again and again because there are a lot of events happening. Of course. It, right? um, if you could con- convert the first to second, right, that means you have achieved certain, you made some dent. Right. Because that's usually the biggest dip across yeah, most right. brands. Yeah, right. So, so that's a huge dent. That mm. means you have made some impact. Mm. Um, so that way, first to second is very important for us. Second to third, third to fourth, of course, the percentage It gets down. better, so, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And the quality will increase and mm. all of that will happen. Then you move towards more of a loyalty cycle. You know, saying that, you know, this consumer... They call it the groove frequency, right? I mean, once you've hit four orders on the website yeah. platform, it's at least said in the e-commerce industry, perhaps beauty, perhaps fashion as well. The chances that you'll repeat from then onwards is about 80 85%. Yeah, right. So once somebody scrolls over to that point, mm-hmm. it's kind of set. You know, you can assume that they'll keep coming back. Okay. But the journey between fun to two is where it gets super messy. So is that an interval question as well? What's the typical interval between a first and second order for you? Um, that's that's a, I mean, it's usually, you see, it's a fashion is not something that you, I mean, it puts the impulse by. Uh, but you have to have, you have to create certain... Uh, occasions, when I say occasions, not like a festival occasion, we have to create sure. some occasion for her to buy, right? Mm. So usually we we see a, a, a month's time, a, a usually person will not come in a week's time to purchase, yeah. right? In fashion, right? A month or month's time is decent enough to understand. Mm. At least if that person has come on my website. Visits at least. Correct. Okay. Whether that person has purchased or not is again a secondary game. But if there is a visit happened, it's there is a sort of certain scrolling of products happened, if there is add to cart happened, that means, okay, again, I have gone on another mm, level, right? Mm. So, for us, when it comes to entire retention or uh, or uh, retention, yeah, this is the, the, the retention user strategy, mm. it will always be, um, you know, sort of a, a domino sort of an effect, right? From, from, from you know, clicking to uh, coming on the website, to scrolling to the products, to adding to the card and finally converting. So, that takes about a month's time for, for us to it sort of major, repeat. yeah. And Tell me something, would you consider or have you considered making user personas that this is like a fast shopper, always evenings, working days versus weekends versus this is like a casual browser because he sees 25,000 things before she buys anything. And there are behavioral patterns and which will probably give you some sort of a consumer personas which mm-hmm. can also probably back map using uh, primary research maybe to get demographics, mm-hmm. right? Is this something you've done, attempted, seen being useful? No, but it is in the pipeline because yeah. I have... There are, as I said, there are collection lines which are only for, let's say, workwear. Sure. Collection lines only for for occasions specific to, let's say, a car watch or such. Yeah. Right. And then we have to do all that mapping. It's work in progress. What at this moment we have is, uh, you know, uh, what sort of return users was person sure. the AOV. It's it's a always evolving game, right? And unless and well, you deep down. One more big question I would always love to understand, right? You know, you have a product which is a, a piece of a ball, right? And you have so many different possible attributes you could attach to each mm-hmm. product, right? It could be how in-season it is. Yeah. You made the mention around conservative versus modern between the long sleeve versus the deep neck. And there are so many other variables you could attach to each product. Okay. What is the number of attributes you would have on each piece on your catalog? Uh, I think uh, there are uh, And it also changes as for the season, right? Sure. I mean, yeah. and for it, I'll give an example of spring, summer, right? Mm-hmm. When we sit for spring, summer collection, uh, we first understand uh, what did work last year, right? And uh, what were the fabrics work last year? We also do a deep down understanding because the weather in India is so different from each and every sector, sure. right? I mean, we also have kaptans, right? And if you send the kaptans in Chennai, people will highly of sort course. of look at it. Hmm. So we have to do a fabric matching uh, in terms of where are we setting it. Uh, we are also, we go to a deep level of understanding the patterns, right? Hmm. I mean, uh, you have to be very careful that uh, Indian women are, are very also structured very different sure. in every region, right? So you have to create certain patterns which will complement them, uh, complement their uh, complexions, right? 
uh, complement their occasional and uh, regional sensitivities, as I said, right? So there are so many factors. So when I when we actually sit for the design, one of the first factors that we consider is which fabric, where exactly we should place it. So we actually have this nice board. We actually do a pin, and it's a very fun exercise that we do, you know, because sixty uh, percent of our uh, employees are women. Thank so we sort of do this fun exercise. <laughs> Mm. Uh, which fabric to choose, which color palettes to go for, uh, which region sort of have what affinity towards. So, uh, I think online has made this life very easy because we have so much data understanding. You know what? You know, white and goldens are like a hit in South, for example. Like Onam, you have to have like yeah. a white and golden collection. Beginning to wonder, this is like a large bunch of data folks who are constantly looking at patterns and trends and coming up with these answers absolutely, and doing absolutely, this, right? And uh, for example, uh, this was one trend and which was again very intuition based, right? Uh, people prefer long sleeve, but people also prefer soft sleeves. Sure. So we created a garment which called a fairy tale sleeve. Right? <laughs> Where you have a mix of both. So okay. you know that 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 gives you uh, a feeling of your modern women, but still have conservative values. So, so this is where it gets again very interesting from the lens that there's a lot of this judgment calls intuition driven. You have those women contributing to those decisions. Yeah. On the other side, you now have a person who has a specific set of preferences and she might not resonate with 90% of what you do, but exactly with 10%. So the personalization of communication and the reason I was asking about the attributes, you spoke about fabric, you spoke about color patterns, you spoke about perhaps conservative versus modern. Yeah. For each piece of apparel, you have 20 possible attributes or maybe more. Okay. And for each individual, basis their purchase behavior, basis their browsing behavior, basis what they spend time on, you also have their preferences on that yeah. 20 attributes. And if you were to mishmash to say that, okay, this person, Mansi here, has these 20 attributes as part of her user profile, and the set of products that are likely to resonate with her is this set because we have those attributes matching, right? And that's why if you blend this, the kind of communication that would go to a Mansi would look very different from a kind of communication that would go to anybody else. Yeah. And uh, obviously, the click-through patterns and the conversion rates would look different, right? So, you know, we've done some very overly simplified stuff in terms of sizes because in fashion, you'll always have some mainstream sizes and some edge sizes. And you'll always have lesser inventory for the edge sizes, but they might still get left over at the end of the year. And uh, you have to get rid of them. Mm -hmm. But there's no point bombarding everybody with that sale that are putting the stuff on 70% off. Okay. So if you have a set of audiences which are, you know, they filtered that size 7 before, mm -hmm. and you would just tell a communication only to them that the size 7 is on okay. sale, you okay. don't have to bombard the rest of them. Absolutely. And likewise, you have new arrivals and maybe Karva uh, Chawat. It might be great in some parts of geographies, okay. but it might not be in some other Absolutely. parts of and geography is just one lens, but I might have browsed Karva Chot before, Kidding. which tells you that I might be living in a non Karva Chot city, but then I'm a Karva Chot customer. Yeah. So, to what extent this behavioral data capturing and translation into communication is, you know, on a scale of one to ten, if you were to talk about your maturity on being able to capture, absorb, digest, and deploy all of this, yeah. how do you see this? Uh, I think we almost are there five to six, and I, I think I should give it to my for this credit. Uh, we this last festive season we have around 250 different catalogs right and that was very uh sort of a, a important thing for us because we used to before uh you know 2018 we used to have three catalogs you know light festival heavy festive weddings sure now we have 250 catalogs right and and that's how we generate <laughs> regenerate the catalogs based mm. on occasion based on color choices based on bold versus space tools Based on the sizes, we have something called plus size, right? Which is all together doing very interesting. Yes. Sure. And there were brands which are doing only that and that became a line of business, right? right? So, uh, as I said, we have bottom wear. So, we also sort of cross-promote the Are you also wear. doing a bunch of digital-only things? I think plus size? size was a digital-only thing. Sure. To be honest. Uh, because, uh, just as, as I said, about, uh, so was the Makwal, right? Yeah. Correct. Just wanted to understand and mm. we got an immense response. And mm. to an extent that people say that, hey, you guys make 16, which is, you know, no other brand sweeps it. Sure. Or 18, where no other mm. brand sweeps it. And that's a huge compliment, right? And uh, and it's, uh, with the plus size, very tricky, you know. You have to, the whole point of plus size is to make that woman look confident. Comfortable. Comfortable. And, uh, sort of tell her that you know this pretty yes. this is perfect for you and that way the fitting becomes much more 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 important for us sure so um, so we have for a plus size or any other sizes let's say for example even if I'm, I'm 8 or uh, or 6 or my height is different so sure. you have to make sure that everything yeah. is adjusted and those customization is very much possible we are also planning to have uh, more customization in terms of a garment choices mm. or more customization in terms of a fabric choices right I mean 
I will not uh, shy away from saying that uh, maybe after two, three years, you will can pick up the fabric. I want this style and I want this fabric. Yeah. Make it for me. Well, that's very bespoke and that becomes another animal from an operations yeah. standpoint. I won't go into that today. But, yeah. you know, from a marketing lens or rather from a product lens, when you look at, let's say, some products which didn't do well yeah. and you've got a terrible response or a paycheck from that because you're talking about first to second and you yeah. have a lot of people coming in for the first time for some products, maybe some others. Because obviously your advertising is also there and there's retargeting on the same set of products. Would you be in a position to take a stance you get this product is doing badly, get rid of it, do not market this further? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I think that that's the whole point of having a capsule collection, right? Because you don't make it in a large inventory. Yeah, because I remember this from a fashion e-commerce or not fashion, beauty e-commerce company uh -huh. that, you know, there's a 100k units of this stupid lipstick which has got a terrible NPS. Uh -huh. Throw this stock because it's damaging the brand more than it's helping Kidding. the brand. Have you had situations like that? Oh, thankfully no. <laughs> not as bad. No, not as that bad. But of course, there are certain collections or certain patterns which don't do well. And then uh, that's the cost of doing it. business, right? right? I mean, somewhere you have to keep experimenting. There, there are ways of doing it. You liquidate them in a different way. In right? a very sharply controlled way. Right. So, uh, so would W still be doing like, you know, a lot of 50% of banners on the homepage or are you now able to do it more controlled? You have, you will hardly see any banners on W. Yeah. I think there's only end of season sale, which is sure. hits, which basically any fashion brands will have because you don't have a choice. Everyone. It's that so the cycle. But otherwise, uh, we'll do really, very uh, specific offers. Let's say you will do an offer over over a bottom rail or offer, but we'll never go beyond 30%. Sure. That's a standard. Uh, we will, uh, of course, offer some additional values to our loyal consumers. That's a separate conversation never happening on the website. It's mm. more of a personalized conversation. But we want to stay away from the discounted conversation. You will hardly see any conversation happening on discount on our social media. Because I think social media becomes the face of the brand, right? Sure. So when you talk about discounts, you can start thinking of the discounted brand. So we hardly make fun when we talk about But from fashion. a growth perspective, uh, aren't you under a certain mandate to grow aggressively? And most people think of discounts as the quick hack to grow. And you are staying away it from It is, that. but I think uh, it is also, it's also damages the brand on the long term, right? So you have to pick and choose what, how so exactly... The you fact that you like a 20 plus year old brand comes... Sort of handy to say that we don't want to destroy it by discounting aggressively because most other brands are a certain level of growth pressure, which if it doesn't work, they'll have existential Correct. issues, Correct. which then means they go the discounting path and that obviously hurts sooner or later. Okay, so then we go, uh, you know, what you can horizontal in terms of categories, you know, hmm. being launched beauty. Sure, of course. They have well, their own dynamics and they have their own challenges. Beauty is now a lot more competitive Correct. than probably what it was five years ago. So when I was at Mass, I think uh, uh, we launched baby products. And that is one of my uh, very dear projects, right? Because launching a baby product means you're, if you would convince a mother about your buying something for your baby, I, oh my God, the loyalty that she shows is next level. Because if you're offering a comfort to her baby, mm -hmm. she'll definitely come back to you. So I think launching a baby product is one of our major strategy not to increase the AOV, but to increase the stickiness. So there are certain products you launch to make sure that consumers come back. So Mansi, I don't know if you realize, but we've been speaking for about an hour. <laughs> and I'm just about getting started to get to understand fashion detail. Uh, obviously, it's a subject you're pretty much a master now in. But unfortunately, thanks to the amount of time we're left with, I'm going to get with one closing question, sure. which is, you know, what's your one key message to fashion retailers trying to do a better job at uh, their own web platforms? Uh, I think have a clear vision. You know, have a clear vision. How do you want to shape up your brand? Yeah. You know, do not copy because X brand is doing something, B brand is doing have a clear vision. If you want to build a value brand, you know, build like that. Mm. If you want to build a, a sustainable brand, be that. Have a clear vision of your entire journey. That's one. Secondly, do not try away from experimentation. Mm. I think uh, fashion itself, the integral part is to, you need to experiment. When I say experiment, not with the garments, with everything. Sure. Right? Of course, you assign the budgets carefully. But experiment with the things. That's the second thing. And third thing I would say definitely, uh, if you don't have your online presence, your journey will stop, right? So you really have to decide. My suggestion is go online first. Understand. As you exactly said, under the consumer understanding that you get online is very much deeper and higher. So go online first. Be present on marketplaces. It's okay if you have to spend money, but the discovery... And the kind of insights you start having it will help you a lot. 
a uh, lot of fashion brands will not give you this advice that hey our market this is taking so much shares from us but that's not our experience mm-hmm. our experience is you have to work very collaboratively with them and then uh, and i think the last thing is i would say that is uh, always think of your consumer first do not go with the trend you know or because this x brand is doing so well let's launch a new collection sure. we have done that and we feel miserably so always intuition is very important so i think work you know, probably this one will apply for the last but slightly more personal question <laughs> you were a digital native so to speak because you started out in that journey Correct. pretty early a bunch of marketers in a fashion retail ecosystem don't necessarily see life in digital first ways right what's your advice for them to become digitally savvy in a relatively fast fashion don't be scared <laughs> yeah because you know sometimes uh, i think uh, i don't know with with certain experience and age you sort of getting uh with any new thing coming in the market you have this entire fear of not understanding not getting or anything you just have to once you start understanding digital it will blow your mind so i think start small start uh with a basic platforms but you have to keep on learning and uh you don't be no need to be scared you know and and i'm telling you this my personal experience with the folks that i work with right yeah digital to make that you have to make an attempt right i might not understand uh, maybe um the uh, virtual merchandise as as deep as them sure. but understand if we sort of share the knowledge it will never help and what i used to learn or you what i used to do in maybe even 2 years back it doesn't hold any sort of but you know you always have to evolve so that way i'm also learning so it's awesome. always in a journey awesome thank you so much for doing this manthi i do believe i have 50 more questions left but we'll probably leave it for another time so well fashion retail is complex and fashion e-commerce can be even more complex if you were to really go the whole line yards on figuring out the amount of data it takes to do a good job in personalization there is no way a women fashion business can work without intuition and that's where somebody like mansi who comes from a digital marketing background but is willing to put intuition in its place as well to give it the fair bit of share in her decision making it's a very interesting journey that they've had so far and we wish them all the best